Believers. No, you stay here. I'm in charge. Do you feel in charge? I've paid you a small fortune. And this gives you power over me? Okay, folks, next seminar, February 17th through the 19th, then April 14th through the 16th, then June 9th through the 11th. A lot of camps on the list that just got added, so pay attention. We got the Seoul Brothers in South Korea doing a squat camp and a deadlift and power clean camp all in one day. That's going to be on April 9th, and if you sign up for both of those camps, you'll get $40 off. There is a press and bench press camp on Long Island on April 1st. And the following are all squat and deadlift camps with spots still available. That's Orlando, Florida on February 11th at Starting Strength Orlando, Las Vegas on March 5th, Queens, New York on March 19th, and Phoenix, Arizona at Weights and Plates on April 8th. Then we're doing our first ever camp in Mexico. That'll be in Guadalajara on March 25th. And we've just added a couple camps to the Great White North, Toronto, Canada, February 25th and 26th. Those will be Three lift camps covering the squat, the press, and the deadlift with the cute but fluffy Carl Raghavan. A few more camps yet to be posted, but in the pipeline, so keep an eye out. We have Omaha, Nebraska, Beaverton, Oregon, coming back to the UK in Bristol, and Baltimore, Maryland coming up. Folks still need coaches. That's the only bottleneck. We are opening gyms everywhere, but need coaches to fill those gyms. So if you're interested or know someone who's interested, head over to starringstrengthgyms.com. Check out the coaching tab. See what the criteria is. If you meet it, fill out the form and make a new friend in Ina Capel. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, Starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. It is time again for me to tell you what the hell's going on and you to internalize this because everything I say is the absolute truth, always. You know, if, it, if anybody contradicts me, they are automatically wrong. If uh, I contradict them, they are automatically wrong. I am automatically right, and that's just the way shit is, okay? Now that that's out of the way, how are you guys doing this week? Are you better? Better than last week? I mean, ought to be, right? So uh, I think what we're going to do this week is going to be a uh, what we call a paper Q&A. See, we got questions that you guys submit to uh, radio at startingstrength.com. Where else do they submit those? The network. The network. Mm-hmm. And what's that URL? You know it? Network at startingstrength.com. Network at startingstrength.com. So that's two ways to communicate with us. And if you've got a pressing question, then we will uh, answer those here directly. But first, uh, we have another installment of the segment that we like to refer to as comments, comments from, from the, heaters. the heaters. 
And these uh, particular comments, these are there's some harsh remarks in this pile. Do, do, do you people not think I have feelings? You don't think I have any feelings, do you? Well, I got feelings, too. You know, when you say hateful shit to me, Just let you be vulnerable for a second, I just, Rip. You know, I'm, I am vulnerable. <laughs> so anyway, just why for, the trap bar is completely useless and generated only one. Only one this time. Only hey, one. Just real quick for future reference, whenever you're uh, about to be emotional, you have to say, just let me be vulnerable for a second. Let me be vulnerable for yeah, a second. That's, that's the just ticket. Just intro that, the. That's the key, right. Okay. Yep. All right. Thank God that's over with. And then you actually act out to cry. Yeah. You don't, I can uh, squeeze a tear out if I have to. I mean, that's what I've you know, seen from I'm other coaches. I all elevated and shit. <laughs> yeah, I can get a tear out if I need to. <laughs> all right. Just think about Black Hawk Down. Think about Black Hawk Down. <laughs> think about when uh, when uh, Gordy goes, when uh, Shugart says, uh, Gordy's gone, man. Gordy's gone, man. It's up to us. Uh, I'll be outside. More likely to get a tear <laughs> out thinking about uh, uh, Oldman's performance in Immortal Beloved. That always makes me cry. Whatever does it for you, man. Yeah, you that's know. a good one. That's a damn good movie. That's the Beethoven one, right? Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> that's been like 25 years ago. Maybe more. Shit. Might have been earlier than that. He's, God damn, he's good. And that, uh, that girl that played the blonde girl, the Dutch actress that played the blonde girl in that in that thing, she's an awfully pretty girl. Nineteen ninety four. Ninety four, coming up on thirty, 30 years. fucking years. He couldn't have been older than like eighteen or nineteen when he did that, could he? Man, he looks young. No, he was older than that. Well, I'm being He's pushing facetious, with but I, you know, how uh, old is he now? He can't be much older than me, can he? I'll tell you in just a second. Let's have a look here. Gary Oldman was born in 58, so he's He's two years younger than me. Yeah. Two years younger than me, 64 years old. Yeah. But you can't tell because he can look any age (laughs) he wants to. He looks 23 if he wants to, right? Right. Yeah. Well, you saw the Winston Churchill movie. Yeah, yeah. I, that was amazing. He yeah. could be in this room right now. He, we won't he, know it. He might. He might be Bree. <laughs> he might be you. <laughs> you know, Bree. <laughs> wonder how long he stayed in makeup every day for the fucking Churchill movie. How long that shit take to put on? Probably three, couple four hours. hours. Probably. Yeah. Had to be a couple hours. Yeah. Probably took you know fifteen twenty minutes to take it off. But God Almighty, that was. That was an amazing transformation. I wonder what their shooting schedule was. On yeah. That. Yeah. They had to have gone 12, 13 hours a day just to make the makeup worth it. Right. You know? Yep. All right. So, anyway. On with the hate. On with the hate. There's no point in in uh, sullying our, our hate comments with positive <laughs> shit about Gary Oldman, is there? No. I don't. I don't. I, I shouldn't have done that. I apologize. Allow me to be vulnerable <laughs> for a moment while I apologize. Perfect. Great job. All right now. 
Now you need to cry like every good strength coach. Back to the trap bar. All right. Why the trap bar is completely useless for Mark Ripito always generates comments, this time only one. Did you eliminate some of these? This is the only one came in about the trap bar. Well, that's interesting. Let the record show Bree said, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An old boomer with a pot belly lecturing to the physically fit why they should not use a trap bar. Well, that's a concise yeah. summary, actually. Hard to argue with that. Yep. Solid hater comment. Solid hater comment. And it's true. All right. Young man by the name of Curtis Maynard. He's got, what do you call this little picture on the YouTube thing? A little circle with your picture in it? Um, What's that called? Would it be an, not an avatar, would it? Icon. Maybe icon. icon. He's going (laughs) like that. This Curtis Maynard boy. (laughs) Those crab claws are distracting. (laughs) Rip doesn't know what to do with his hands without a barbell there. Maybe rig up a barbell on top of the desk so he can grip it while he yells at us. <laughs> well, the hate just drips from that, doesn't it? And uh, some jerk-off says, Rip is starting to look like a white person instead of pink. Well, that's because it's the supremacy, finally. <laughs> Finally, finally emerging. <laughs> it's the supremacy. Right? Oh, here's a this is an original comment here from Matt. Why would I listen to a fat man about fitness? Oh, real original. Man. Man, no one's ever thought of that before. You have any idea how fat I actually am? No idea. I'm blinded by love, man. Yeah, I I sense that. <laughs> And actually, I read it wrong. It says, why would I listen to fat man about fitness? And and fat man is not uppercase fat and uppercase man. Oh, it's low. Oh, good. It's good. all lowercase. Yeah. So there should have been a right in there. Right. And and uh, and there's not. All right. All right. Here is a somebody who goes by the name of Google account. It says, it's not a squat L-M-A-O. Which video was that? Uh, this is bending over too much in the squat. I don't remember that video. When did we do that? I don't know. Oh, that's not our video? Well, why is this jerk off responding to me? About one of Gillenwater's videos. It's actually Dowdy, right? One of these days, Dowdy's oh, going to snap. Yeah. That does worry me. <laughs> right? Rip is... All right, this is Chuck Gary, the guy with two first names. Says, Rip is a great advocate for the lazy fat guy program. <laughs> Eats lots of cheap red meat, get fat, do one rep sets, sleep 10 hours a night, train two or three times a week, and drop dead of a heart attack at 70. Sounds like a plan, dude. 
What's wrong with that? <laughs> I've got three, got three the, years left. Other I than guess. the cheap meat part, I think that's inaccurate. But <laughs> He hadn't bought any bread and meat recently. <laughs> Everything else sounds great. All right. Here is uh, some little made-up name that's not worth repeating. I swear to God, this man is super high blood pressure in human form. Why do they think my blood pressure is high? Because the pink. But I'm white. Remember? Yeah, I don't think they collaborate on the comments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> my blood pressure is not high. I didn't say it was. The comments do. Well. All right. Now, uh, Rip's vaccine nonsense. All right, this is the <laughs> NFL. This generated some couple of oh i'm sure yeah nfl remarks rips vaccine nonsense because the vaccines are safe and effective yep perfectly safe and effective just a coincidence just like rick maddow told us it's just a coincidence rips vaccine nonsense is making me retroactively doubt all of his strength training advice i've been taking for years well that's perfectly logical thinking <laughs> Perfectly logical thing to ignore the data and then, you know, don't believe the physics and physics. On my Instagram right now, I have a bunch of things where it's just two pictures and it's like some uh, journalist saying pushing the vaccine and you slide it over. Same journalist a year later dead from a heart attack. Dead from a heart attack. Hey, it happens. Yeah. Everybody's been having to say that a lot. Right. Hey. It happens. Yeah, happens. People just fall over dead. Seventeen-year-old kids. Well, I remember fall over dead. I remember That's just what happens. I remember four years ago the constant concern over myocarditis. Don't you remember? Oh yeah. It was just at the top of everybody's mind. Like myocarditis. Is just... Nobody could shut up about it. Yeah. When I was a kid. When I was a kid. Right. Everybody was worried about myocarditis. Right. I remember. Yeah, even in the eighties, I mean, like that. back in the eighties, we were all worried about dying of myocarditis right. because there was a brief time. Hey, when, it happens. There was a brief know? time when it was AIDS. Then we went back right. to myocarditis. Well, Anthony Fauci was right, responsible right. Yeah. for both of these things, as it turns out. <laughs> I didn't verify. Surprise! That, I didn't verify this, but I did see a statistic that in the past year there have been eleven hundred um, cases of cardiovascular issues on any kind of uh, sports uh, field. Yeah, and in the last. 10 years that was just one year 10 years over the 10 years has been 1100 so in one year well, it went up tenfold well we posted a, a deal a couple of days ago uh where there were 40 events of people either collapsing or collapsing and dying that were televised mm-hmm. oh right yeah mm-hmm. televised yep during a game live on tv yeah mm-hmm. that was that's 40 that's just, of those that's, that's just yeah it's just televised it's a tiny little sample yeah, yeah you know yeah but you know they're safe and effective that's fine right. there was a all you guys that took the vaccine good take another booster i think just last or week two. there was an 18 year old girl uh, mma fighter just yeah saw that dropped. you know a bunch of 17 year olds and stuff but i you know that's what they wanted to do that's good they get to be part of the club that cares. Yeah. 
You and I, of course, don't care. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, I guess that uh, concludes this week's installment of comments, comments. from, from the haters. Now. What do you want to do next? What do you want to do next? Well, you know what I want to do? I want to ask a Jew. Hey, let's do it. Let's ask a Jew something. Which one do you want to talk to today? Uh, let's talk to Ina. Ina Koppel. My friend Ina Koppel. How do you have them on retainer? In the that has nightmare to... that is New York. It's got to be expensive to, keep to have two ready to go. To two Jews on retainer yeah, at all times. Impressive. Billing us in thirty second increments. Jesus Christ! Well, we don't know Ina's rate. It might be higher. It might be lower. Might we'll ask her first. Wait, she's a, she's a Russian Jew. That's, That's going to be thing higher. We'll ask her is yeah. what's your, how are you billing me, and what's your rate? The strategy is important. Strategy is important with these folks because you, uh, you know, got to make sure you're. Using the time properly. Yes. All right, here we go. All right, ready? There's two ringy dingies. Hey, man. Is is this Ina Koppel? Is this the Mark Ripitel? It is. It well, is. Been, then, all right. The first question I've got is, how are you billing okay. me for this call? In thirty second I'm, increments and or in one minute increments, and what is the rate? Well, Ray was a fool to do it every 30 seconds. I've already billed you. In fact, I have siphoned out money from your account just thinking about talking to you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So you're billing me for prep. Oh, yeah. For R&D. Oh, yeah. that's, that's pretty clever. Yeah. You, you've already paid, Rip. Yeah, probably. <laughs> She's probably way several than times Ray. over, haven't I? <laughs> All right, yeah, sounds more like just, a threat. <laughs> so, just, there you go. For those of, of, of you in the audience who don't know Ina, Ina is not only a Jew, she is a Russian Jew, yeah. which is like an well, Uber Jew, right? <laughs> well, these days people might disagree with that and say that I'm a Ukrainian Jew. Well, are you a Ukrainian Jew or not? Well, now I am. You can't say Russian. You've got to say Ukraine. We're no longer oh. part of Russia. Well, all right. So, is, is your? <laughs> I'm as confused I, as you are. Rick. I, I don't understand. Where are you guys from? Well, what was the from, city? It ready? Are you ready for it? It's called yes. Khmelnytsky. Khmelnytsky. Well, that doesn't sound Ukrainian. That sounds Russian. To I'm my going ear. to spell it. I'm going to spell. Well, I'm going hey, to spell hey, it. I got you. another question. Don't how let her come, spell it. That's a that's how a billing boy. Now Kiev instead of Kiev. You ever notice that everybody it, like one day yeah. decided that right. it's not Kiev anymore. It's Kiev. Right. And you know this is one of these journalism things. Right. Yeah, it's Kiev when when we talk to our family. Yeah. How do you? In, I, I, in am Kiev, curi- I am I am right. curious the location. How do you spell it? K H M E L N Y T S found it. It is a city in Ukraine. Ukraine. <laughs> and that just cost you thirty dollars. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's like a ten dollar right. ten dollars a letter. <laughs> and that wasn't even in Cyrillic. No, <laughs> no. Nope, nope. Can you spell it but, in Cyrillic? Uh, you know, it's funny that you said that because the first mention of the city was actually written in Cyrillic alphabet. Oh, God. And I don't have any idea how those 
the characters are pronounced yeah. in no, Ukrainian. No or, mm. All right, so that is in in Ukraine, right? Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. well. There we go. So it's so. Yeah. What's it feel like for you guys to have your ass so thoroughly kicked by these goddamn communists? Well, it feels yeah. okay to me because um, we we knew to leave before the the shit hit the fan. I mean, that's right. part of why we immigrated to the U.S. Right. 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 Well, so, uh, that's obvious, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Better over here. But so why'd you end up in New York? <laughs> <laughs> if you were making a, a logical decision about where to go, what in the hell? Uh, <laughs> well, in 76, it was a logical decision to leave Russia. Uh, it right. was At the time, it was the USSR when right. we decided to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, that didn't, um, that didn't stop till about 90, did it? Uh, right, right. When did my passport change? 90, 92, was it? 93, I think, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I keep changing the, the, where I've been born on my passport, like, you know, every couple of decades. It went from USSR to Russia to now, you know, I guess it's going to be Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. Well, maybe not yeah. long. Well, well, no, Ukrainian, Ukrainians are going to, they're going to, they're not giving this up. No. They are fighting their ass no, off. No, they are fighting their ass off no. with our money <laughs> and our our weapons of war and shit with know. your support with, with your my, support with right. my support right right with mm-hmm. my support. and that's why i build you in advance right <laughs> so i'm indirectly supporting the efforts in ukraine yeah. all right well, get her off been. the fucking yeah. phone <laughs> all right so i got a question this is my question yes. this is the ask a jew question all right now okay when we used to visit your gym in uh the five towns there in on long island you had mm-hmm. uh, you had um some little devices on the wall as you come into each one of the room mm-hmm. and i never did understand what those were for could you wh- mm-hmm. what are they and what are they for and how do they work Okay, it's are they are they like uh, you know another type of thermostat or what are they regulate? That's an interesting theory. It's called a mezuzah. A mezuzah. M e z u z a h. She wants to spell it. Is that in Cyrillic or or the uh, the English alphabet? That's that's English. That's English. So it goes on. Yeah, it goes on every doorpost, and it's got uh, like biblical words of God. Uh, that protect your home, and right. um, it's required that you have a mezuzah on every doorway except for bathrooms, because that's not really a living space. It's considered to, it goes on doorways of living spaces. <laughs> it depends on how much you eat. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that that's a good point. If right. you live in the bathroom, then that's that's right. definitely well, something we can argue. Put a mezuzah on the bathroom. Just, I mean, why not yeah. put one on the bathroom? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to put yeah. them on all the rest of them, why not the bathroom? You know, you don't have enough or what? Uh-huh. You know, where, uh-huh. where where did this uh, tradition come from? Was it from the? Uh, well, was... she's going to tell us all of that. She's getting around to it. I've got some pointed questions okay. for her about it. I so... kind of like I kind of like when Rusty talks. I don't. He doesn't. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. like it. I don't. He doesn't. <laughs> Rusty, you know, think... Rusty talks way too much. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Rusty, you're out. All right. So. <laughs> So, you know, it's really, uh, most people, I think, are pretty, um, uh, treat it kind of like a, you know, like a, 
if you don't have it, it's an evil eye on your home not to mm. have it because your home isn't protected because you don't have right. like all these blessings blessing your home. Right. right. Um, you'll notice that some people walk by and touch it and then touch their hand to their lips like they're kissing it indirectly. And it's sort of a, something that people use to remind them that, you know, you're you're only living in this home and have what you have because uh, God gave you the blessing of having it. And well, so it's could a, you explain the physics of that to us? Because I'm I'm unclear on how. Yeah, this... we'll see your center of mass and the mezuzahs, uh, and the mezuzah, this combined center of mass of the mezuzah, <laughs> and you directly pulling down on gravity. No, so uh, there is no reason. I was buying that. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> so as soon as you move into a house, you have to put it on your door, and uh, it's just. You know, it lets you know that Jews live here, right? Which is um, important for Jews it's important to know. And, and sometimes dangerous, right? Um, and you know, it's got it's got blessings in there, and um, you know, you can kind of say that the the home's been sanctified. Well, all right. Yeah. Well, that and, clears and, you know, that up. Yeah. The, the mystery of the mezuzah. Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, those of you that are uh, are like live in rural Oklahoma Panhandle, if you go mm-hmm. into a home and there are mezuzahs on the door, mm-hmm. then you'll know that you're in the home of a Jew. Yeah, and right? you're safe. And you're safe, unless you come to my home. Unless there's invited. a tornado, which there <laughs> is occasionally in the Oklahoma Panhandle. <laughs> yeah, well, it's actually an expensive. It's an expensive item because it's got like um, of parchments and <laughs> of yeah, of course. Is. And it's it's you know it's, no, we it's handwritten. We didn't question that for a second. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking at pictures of them. Some of them are very very pretty. They're beautiful. Yeah, yeah people really like you know they, they respect they respect uh, their home. They respect the blessings and and so they like to decorate their doorway with it. You know, mm-hmm. um, they could it could have silver and gold or stones and oh god, it's Did, got blessings inscribed in it. Mm-hmm. Once once you've installed them, can you when you move, do you take them with you or do they yes. do they have to stay? Okay. Yes, you take them with you. So they yeah. stay with fact, the household, no matter where it is, right? Yes, and in fact, they have to be checked every seven years or so. Most people will take them down and check them to make sure there hasn't been any damage to them, water damage or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh, it's considered a mitzvah. What is a mitzvah? A mitzvah. It's like a, a good deed. I hate to seem stupid. I know. She a, says a, it like a, we're a bunch of like idiots. Like we're a bunch of idiots and we're supposed to you're understand. Not, <laughs> you're not supposed to. Hey, listen. People don't know what starting strength is still, so I don't expect <laughs> you to know what mitzvah is. <laughs> hey, you've listened to the comments from the haters. You certainly know that nobody knows what starting strength is. <laughs> oh, I know it pretty good. I talk yeah. to the YouTubers. <laughs> oh, God. Nobody. Poor thing. <laughs> we need it's to, okay, you, I, I tell you what, you just double your rate that you're billing me for that, all right? Yeah. Oh, and I already have. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as Bree said, as soon as Bree said, you know, this is when you guys are going to chat, and then she said, oh, he's running late. The, talk was, the clock was ticking. Oh, he's running late. She's such a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Why, the he's pr- never late. The price double. I told her that you should take your time. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, 
Okay. Yeah. Well, I appreciate well, you, your your time. Uh, no matter how it's being billed. And uh, would you like me to send you a mezuzah for WFAC? Did you say would you like? To- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, send I me do. a mezuzah for. Uh, oh God, which room do we want to put that over on your the office? The bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> that, I think the men's it- bathroom needs a mezuzah. Oh, right. no, no, no. It's got to go in your office. Okay. Or, the, or the door of the gym. Yeah. All right. One of the two. You, you can expect one. All right. Good. Thank you. All right. <laughs> okay. I'll and, talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you, hon. And that, Bye, guys. That concludes this week's episode of Ask a Jew. That was very informative. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm glad we had this idea. This is a real good thing to keep doing. Real good idea. I think everybody's enjoying it. Yeah. You know? Cause, you know why? Because nobody understands all that shit. <laughs> That's right. And anything we can explain is good. <laughs> Man, we I, can clear up any mysteries at all. It's a good deal. I'm right? having I'm having some uh, some doubts about who's the better Jew here. I mean, Ray doesn't have a fucking mezuzah on his door. I've never can, been in can his he house. Be considered? Never been invited to his house. Can he be? Well, he lived in Southern California. You're not going to go there. And now he no. lives in Idaho. I don't think you're going to go to Idaho. Well, I'd be far more likely to go to That's Idaho true. than I would That's be true. Southern California. Well, yeah, if he, he hasn't invited invited you, it's fucked but up. But he hadn't invited me. That nonetheless, yeah, he's never invited. Me. Yeah, that's that's crap. So you know, try to I'll, do something nice. You know. Yeah. Well, but he doesn't have. I don't think have he's to got have a word with him. About we'll have to ask him about the mezuzah because I don't think he has a mezuzah. And can he be a Jew expert if he doesn't have a mezuzah? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Good question. But the, I think one of the reasons that Ina had mezuzahs, if that's the correct plural, in in her, her, in her gym was that she catered to uh, well, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, we don't, Jewish people that expected there to be that's true. Mezuzah, We're unclear whether or not she, she has them on her house. Right. Yeah. Got it. All right. Got it. Okay. I'd put money on that she does. I think she does, too. Yeah, she probably does. All right, so now that all of that irrelevant shit is over with, I think it's time for us to get to this week's questions on the paper Q&A. All right? Now, I don't guess it matters which order these go in, does it? Let the record show Bree said, mm-mm. All right, Roan Horse. Those of you that aren't familiar with horses probably don't know what a Roan Horse is. You know what, Nick, you know what a Roan Horse is? No clue. Well, there's a couple of different colors of Roan. Roan is a base color, like bay or gray. Or actually, a blue roan is is black with uh, white hairs that go throughout the coat. So it, uh, a red roan is a is a bay horse with with white hairs mixed into the into the bay, and a blue roan is a is a black horse with white hairs mixed into the blue roan looks blue, but it's black and white. The red roan looks kind of pink actually but that's a that's a color of horse terms 
All right, and this gentleman here has taken this as his username. And he asks, is high bar the way to go for someone who has abnormally long femurs, or should one stick with the low bar? I've been working out with someone introducing them to the starting strength model, and on their first squat, the femurs just jumped out to me. I don't know what he means by that, but the femurs went forward to him, or he noticed them. See, I don't. Yeah. That wasn't clear. The bar was in the right position on the back, but at the bottom of the squat, it looked like it was behind midfoot. All right, look. Had he been at the bottom of the squat with the bar in that in that low bar position behind midfoot, he would have been off balance backward, and he probably would have fallen down. Human beings can stand forward off balance because of the way our bodies are. We're anterior creatures. Feet go forward, knees go forward, back bends forward. But if, if you push us backward, we tend to fall down because we don't deal well with being off balance back. So I don't think you observed that correctly. All right. Now, long femurs, abnormally long femurs, implies a longer legs than back segment length and that situation typically results in in fact it always results in a more horizontal back angle at the bottom of the squat for a person with a short back and long legs uh, people with real short backs and real long legs might be uh what you would consider to be too horizontal at the bottom of the squat, but that's for them, that's in balance. People with long legs and short backs are almost always nearly horizontal in the back angle in the deadlift. But that anthropometry is not horribly common. However, if you are not, if you don't understand this geometry, you're going to probably be tempted to give somebody a correction that doesn't actually apply to the situation so i mean if you'll just draw these these anatomical relationships out on a piece of paper what you will see is that short legs and a long back results every time in a more vertical torso back angle when the bar on the back is over the middle of the foot and that long legs and a short torso segment will result in a more horizontal back angle when the bar is over the middle of the foot. Now, there's nothing you can do about this. This is just the variations that are, that are the result of anthropometry. Anthropometry of this nature is most people are not extreme like that. You, this doesn't happen very often. But there are certain populations in which extreme anthropometry is found more frequently. Black populations tend to have long legs and short backs. Asian populations tend to have shorter legs and longer backs. And if you look at the Chinese Olympic lifting team, that's what you'll notice about these people. They have longer backs and shorter legs, and their back angles are quite vertical. Now, this can fool a person who doesn't understand about anthropometry and its relationship to barbell training into thinking that your back angle is supposed to be real vertical when you squat and pull. 
But that's not the case. That's absolutely not the case. Uh, because back angle is dependent on this geometry. So, uh, was a question about the knee, what was the about the knees though? The, the well the the question was high bar being the way to go for somebody who has nor abnormally long femurs. And uh, what he's seeing to make him ask that question is a real horizontal back angle, and he wants to make the back angle more vertical by placing the bar okay. up higher on the higher on I the. I thought neck. I heard something about he was concerned about the knees or something. He said well, would knees would uh, knees would knees go a little further forward if their femur is super long? Sure, but in a sure. high bar squat, just puts them more forward. Yeah, so yeah. That's but but I mean. that's what I'm saying. In a low bar squat, right. would you go ahead and let the knees go a little further forward? Well, in if case you've got real long femurs, yeah. with respect to your tibia length, yes. All right, that's the that's the relationship yeah. that that drives the the knees forward. My um my kid Corbin, he is very awkwardly shaped and he is all all femur. Yeah. If he's got real long femurs and fairly short tibias, then he's going to have knees more forward yeah. than you want to see them on the yeah. squat, and but there's nothing you can do. It took that. me a long time to get used to watching right. them squat. But right. but like you said, whenever you learn those angles, then you understand that's the only reason. That's, the only the, way, that's the just only the way. geometry. Yeah, it's just geometry. All this shit is, is, is you know, it's the, the alignment with the bar kind of over the midfoot when the bar gets heavy. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not – you need to read understanding – the master cue, the article I wrote, understanding the master cue about this, because sometimes we misstate the relationship between the bar and the middle of the foot. The bar is not going to be over the middle of the foot if the bar is empty. Okay. And all of this is explained in that article. So read that, understanding the master cue. Uh, but you have to understand that the alignment of the segments that are fixed and the fixed segments are the shank which is the shin the thigh which is the femur and the back which is the spine all of these things are based on the bar or the center of mass the combined center of mass of the system being right over the middle of the foot all right if you are not right over the middle of the foot you're not going to be able to generate forces that are sufficient to move as heavy a squat as if you were in balance. So we're we're we want you in balance, and we want the the combined center of mass of the system directly over the middle of the foot, and that will determine the angles. So we don't coach angles. You have to understand we do not coach angles because of the wide variation. In anthropometry, we cannot say that your back is supposed to be 45 degrees because it may not be. And if if your coach is telling you that the back is 45 degrees when you squat, he doesn't understand this geometry. And it's it's this is just math. This isn't anybody's opinion. This is just math. All right. So. Uh, no, he didn't say anything about the knees. He said what what you're remembering him saying is on their first squat, the femurs just jumped out to me. 
And what he may be talking about is knees going forward. That's what I. With long that's fingers. how I interpret that. That may be what he's talking about. And yep. and uh, again, if he's got long femurs at the bottom of the squat, his knees are going to be more forward mm-hmm. than if he had longer shins to balance that. Yeah. All right. Now, one thing I've noticed in watching uh, this this kind of competition is that at the elite levels sprinters have longer longer tibias than they do femurs so go look at the finals of the 100 meter sprint at the olympics any olympics and you'll see this you'll see that these people have very long tibias and it doesn't take a lot of of uh, imagination to understand why this would be every stride with a longer tibia covers more ground per stride than every stride with a short tibia because of the geometry of the leg just picture that and you'll see exactly what i'm talking about um so somebody with long shins somebody with long shanks that's really what that segment is called is the shank uh is not going to have knees as forward as somebody with a short shank okay wide variations in human anthropometry and if you're going to coach these lifts you have to understand what anthropometry is going to do to the appearance of the performance of the lift all right this is all in the book read it okay now our friend eric schexnader cannot seem to stay off of the off of the keyboard here can't do it and we don't mind eric's not Not stupid he asks decent questions he avails himself of the service we provide here and that's that's where that's why we're here we're here to serve you eric rip where do you generally draw the line between DIY, do-it-yourself, I assume he's what he's talking about, and paying a professional? I heard you talk a little bit in an earlier podcast about taking your Beamer to a mechanic. I've had to do the same with my Suburban because the thing is more computer than car, and any repair attempt is likely hopeless. Aside from cars, though, how do you decide whether to tackle plumbing, electrical, or other common household or gym hold jobs yourself versus paying someone? I'm sure this has changed somewhat as you have aged. Well, it's changed somewhat since I have uh, become more financially secure. And the reason it's changed is because uh, I decided a long time ago to that I would rather pay someone to fix what was wrong than to pay someone to fix what i had tried to fix when what when that thing was wrong (laughs) because i don't know anything about plumbing you know I, i don't know anything about electrical electrical can kill you so i just let electricians do that usually electricity shit doesn't break though so i don't have to you know, you have to deal with electrical contractors when you're adding, you know, on to square foot of a house and you're going to electrify the new service. You've got to, 
got to get somebody in there to do it to code and stuff so you don't burn the place down so that's usually not a big deal uh most repairs to electrical shit would have arisen when i tried to fix it so i decided to not do that anymore now plumbing i don't know a damn thing about plumbing plumbing's always scared the hell out of me because i don't know how hard to turn the wrench to work on the pipe joint you know plumbers that do it all the time know just how hard to turn i would break it you know I, i'm just afraid of that shit so i don't i don't deal with plumbing i get plumbers to fix plumbing and uh you know I, it's I, that doesn't happen often enough to where it's i'm saving a bunch of money by always doing my own plumbing uh what else would i hire a professional to do taxes car stuff Taxes. <clears throat> Always hire hire a CPA to do taxes. Because I, I remember my mother struggling with doing the cafe, the cafe's taxes back when I was little. And um, I don't know why we weren't all in jail. <laughs> you know. Uh, of course, back then, the tax code was not 80,000 pages like it is right. now. And there was no software to just get There's no software. Everything. You know, I think the tax software's gotten pretty good, hasn't it? I've used it well. Isn't TurboTax pretty good? <clears throat> I don't use it anymore because shit's complicated, but uh, I, I used it my entire adult life. It's super easy. But, I, you know, I've always let an accountant do that. My buddy Tucker is uh, he's real good at this. And, uh, you know, I've never been audited never been thrown in jail or anything for at least tax for stuff right. you know at least not for tax stuff yeah uh but uh well, what else do you get professionals to do if i was gonna paint the inside of the gym this time i'd probably hire that done because that i hate painting so bad i would much rather clean out a stall than paint i hate it i just absolutely and i can't even tell you why i hate it so bad but it's a it's a visceral disgust that i have it's not the smell it's just i just you know the only i hate reason, having paint all over my ass the only reason i, hate, I paint my own shit is because it's so damn expensive to have somebody else do it yeah I, what i it's typically really do is i just tolerate it being badly done oh yeah he's I mean, the gym probably right now needs to be painted. And I'm not going to paint it. Right, thing. right, yeah. yeah. Just, hey, you guys don't like the way it's painted? Go train somewhere else. <laughs> I don't care. Because I'm certainly not going to get back there with a roller and a pen and, <laughs> you know, drop cut cloths. in the corners with a brush yeah. and all, I, you know, drop cloths and all this yeah. shit. I'm not going to do it. Just not going to do it. So if it has to be done, I'll hire it done. Or trade it out or something. I don't know. Right. But I'm just not going to paint. Uh, yeah, and most of the other professions, uh, you know, you really need, like if you're having work done on your propane system or gas lines coming into the house, let somebody else do that. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Let somebody else do that. When death is a is a possibility, you need to let somebody else handle it. For yeah. You. Okay. So uh, let's see, James Collinge. I think that's the way his name's pronounced. Collinge, Collinge. Man, I asked him this and I forgot. You asked him this? Uh, he was here at the seminar in December. Or I no, don't remember. Maybe, maybe October. I don't remember hearing. And he's a client of mine, and I can't. I can't. Oh, remember, you still can't remember. Can't remember how to pronounce his fucking name. All right, Rip. Have you watched 1883? If so, what do you think? Well, I'll tell you about 1883. Musser sent me a copy of that. Is that a show or a movie? Um, um, it's a series. A series, right? It's yeah. kind of a prequel to the prequel to Yellowstone. Oh, okay. And Sam Elliott's in it. Oh, cool. And I watch everything he's in where yeah. he's got on a cowboy hat. So uh, that is uh, – uh, it looks like it's going to be real good. But uh, Musser sent me the CD, the DVDs, or maybe they were Blu-rays, and the goddamn things would not play Oh shit! in my machine. Hmm. They're like another region or whatever? Different no, thing. it wasn't. It was – it didn't do the same – code you get when you put in a the region two or something like that yeah it's a completely different code i'd never seen before uh but it wouldn't play and i tried it several times and uh so uh i just reordered it uh three or four days ago and i was thinking maybe it'd be there today so uh but it looks good it looks good i don't know it might be good if it's real good, it'll probably make me have to go back and watch Yellowstone again. Because I watched like the first season. Yeah, I watched of the first couple episodes. I watched the first, first season. For three or four episodes. Maybe I didn't get through the whole season. I probably watched. I five watched the first season episodes. and I liked it. And then I watched that season two and I didn't like it. And then I couldn't finish the season three. It just really? was bad. It got I, more. It got more and more preachy. Um, that Indian girl that's in it, Native American. Excuse me. Oh. Um, hey, edit that <laughs> out. <laughs> God. That, that Native American girl, anytime she was on screen, something racist was happening to her or she was bitching at white people. And it just it, it turned me off. I don't want to hear this. And, it, and, it, and yeah. it just got real ridiculous with the story. It it just got too much. It they just It's like all shows that are on too long. The story just keeps ramping up to just ridiculousness. Well, I, I, do I lost interest when I, you know, they had like, a landfill where they put all the dead bodies. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah it's just <laughs> kind of preposterous. But maybe this 1883 is cool. Yeah, I've heard like everybody likes the show it or something. Yeah, it could and then the 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 what's the immediate one? one is 1923. I oh believe. right, right. And there's someone famous in that too, isn't there? Who's yeah? Is it, uh, who's in that? Harrison Ford, I think. Yes, I think so. In, in which one? In in the middle one, the one that just 1923. came out. 1923. Yeah, huh. I think Ford's in that. So I mean, I watch anything with him in it. They're not, uh, you know, they're not uh, casting these things incorrectly. Right. I don't guess. But uh, man, the short. I, I'm the interested sh- in seeing 1883 because I like Sam real well, yeah. and uh, goddamn, he's getting kind of old now. <laughs> He was old back in Tombstone. He went <laughs> old in Tombstone, Rusty. I mean, he's old relative to you, I suppose. But I mean, he looked old. You're just a snotty-nosed little kid, though. So it's you know. So it's not. He looked old. You know why he looked old? Makeup. 
Hollywood. Mm-hmm. They use that shit, you know. So it's not a uh, so it's a it's a short series like seven episodes or something. Or, or I don't a, know. Okay, I'll let you know when I open the package. All right. Uh, and I don't know if it's one season or two seasons or I don't. Yeah, even, yeah. I can't keep track of all this yeah. shit. So this episodic TV like that is typically pretty good. I'm still of the opinion that oh, the best great. thing that's ever been on TV is Deadwood. I've never seen anything that there. even came close it's to up that. There for sure. No, but that's you know, uh, that's we well, get you get because before it was just TV was TV and you had TV actors you right know, and you you can make these uh, short series you know movies uh, essentially an eight or nine hour movie mm-hmm. you know and it's oh damn, yeah it's damn good it's you know? uh, well like actual Lonesome Dove oh my God yeah. yeah is that not the best western that's ever been filmed yeah I don't know what would be better than that you know it's not a movie it's right. what is it about nine hours long. Eight hours long, something like that, and it's that is the best adaptation of a of a of a piece of literature that I've ever seen. I mean, they nailed the characters on that. You know, you got Tommy Lee Jones playing Woodrow Cole, and and uh, uh, Bob Duvall playing. Uh, Gus McCray and I you can't cast better than that yeah you can't do it that was just spot ass on the money it was it was amazing and all the rest of the stuff was that's just an extremely fabulous thing to see as far as the western goes but it but in terms of a uh, a, uh, a mini series I guess they call that right they called I think Lonesome Dove would have been a miniseries. But what would Deadwood have been called? Do they refer to that as a miniseries? Well, well Deadwood had no, five seasons. Yeah, that's, that's a no, straight No, it had show. three seasons. Yeah. Three seasons, right, right. Three yeah. seasons is all that had, and the idiots just stopped it in the middle of, you know, HBO is not, is not immune to the same level of dumbassery that Fox was for canceling Firefly. Mm-hmm. Cancel Firefly? Yeah. What the hell is wrong with you guys? You know? <laughs> you know how many people love that thing 20 years later? Mm-hmm. One season. Yeah. People watch it over and over and over because characters are so compelling and the stories are cool and yeah. everything about it was cool. You know, in some respects, it's probably good that that happened because you, you never know if it's going to uh, take a shit later. Yeah. Like I'd, the, rather, I'd rather I mean, see everything eventually take a takes yeah. a shit, but That's I can true. ignore that. I mean, you know everything eventually takes a shit. Right, right, yeah. You know, how long did Gunsmoke go on? No. Hmm. I don't even know what Gunsmoke is. Gunsmoke is the probably the longest-running yeah. TV Western in the history uh, of television. How do you know James know what Arness. Is. Sorry, guys. Even I know what Gunsmoke is. Gunsmoke is... It, that was good. All of that. They had the best writers working for them, and everybody in Hollywood wanted to be a guest star on that. And it when was, did it stop? When it when it stopped? Oh, running? it stopped back in the seventies. Oh, okay. But it was it was twenty. Well, look it up so we don't say something dumb here. But it the thing ran for for years and years and years. And uh, twenty seasons. 20 seasons. 635 episodes. 635 episodes, and all of them were pretty damn good. 55 to 75. 1955 to 1975. 
earliest episodes were black and white, and then they went to color. Damn, it's a long time. And the color was good, even on early TVs. The everybody used to remark about how good the color was on Gunsmoke. And then they had a whole you bunch judged of judged whether your TV was worth a shit mm-hmm. by whether Gunsmoke looked good. Uh, that was, I believe, that was on Sunday night. Most of its run. It was on Sunday night. It was just an excellent show. And they had a bunch of spinoff movies. A whole bunch. Well, it had, you know, iconic characters like Miss Kitty and and uh, Sheriff Dillon. And uh, you know how many kids are named Dillon because of Gunsmoke? <laughs> you know, Ken Curtis was on there. Oh, it was, it was a great show. It really was. So, anyway... Well, let's. Uh, That's the eighteen eighty three discussion. Yeah, yeah. We should uh, circle back. We'll circle back on, uh, once I watch eighteen eighty three. Yeah, and on James's name, it's Kalinge. Kalinge. Verified. You by just the asked man. him that, or yeah, I just asked him. Kalinge, James Kalinge. All right. Well, there we go. Now we'll we'll try to remember that. We'll do our best. Because <laughs> <laughs> this isn't gonna be the last time he answers the question. All right. Now, Marty Fox asks what sort of logistics go into a strength lifting meet will there be a genesis of an american strength lifting federation i anticipate that in the year 2038 due to ideological differences i will have to host the marty's power gym strength lifting invitational which will be the first meet for the counter federation called the united states strength lifting association People will wonder which federation to compete in based on who judges squat depth more strictly. I digress. So, you know, <laughs> I guess we're going to just let Nick answer this since he's directed more strength lifting meets than anybody in the country. And the, I believe that's true. Uh, Meggers has probably done as many, if not more. Has he? Yeah. Well, he's not here, so he's not here, so we can't ask Meggers. Can't ask Meggers. Nobody likes him anyway. Do we need? Do we have a segment? Call him Meggers. He's too straight. (laughs) Call a dirty (laughs) Meggers. Nobody likes Meggers anyway. Um, What did you say? (laughs) Phil Meggers. What did you say? I can't tell you how many times Phil has tried to fight me. It was like, Phil, I don't want to fight. Because <laughs> yeah, he's such a violent he's man. He's so violent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he's on edge all the time. Yeah, no um, the, well, the, the running of the meat is not that difficult. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty straightforward. The, in terms of logistics, it's all it's set up in making it run smooth, right? So, you know, you can, you can run it all off, off cards or you can make it go a little bit faster by – uh, having the the, uh, the the loaders and the platform manager and everybody with their head out of their ass. So the the hardest part of running a meet is getting good staff. Um, well, uh, and let's while we're talking about the platform manager, let me let me point out the fact that the key to the meet is the platform manager. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. It's the loaders and that, the platform that thing, manager, one hundred percent. You got a guy who with a loading chart in his hands who's telling the the loaders, spotters, what to put on the bar. Right. If that guy has his head out of his ass, the meat goes fast. Yep. And if you don't have a platform manager, then the meat is going to take all fucking day. Right. 
yeah. because every one of these things is going to you if the judges have to do it right which is what the rules provide for usually the judges supervise the loading of the bar then it's going to be slow yep so a long time ago powerlifting adopted a, pl- a a platform manager long ago back in the 70s there was a guy from england that used to come to everybody's worlds and we'd hire him for the nationals here and that guy knew what the hell to do yep he had the loading chart memorized and he would tell everybody during the during the lift during the attempt that had just been loaded he would go through and make sure that all the loaders knew what the next loading was going to be right and man that saved a bunch of time yep <clears throat> i mean you already got a boring ass meet anyway yeah you can't have people just you sitting there can't watching have people sitting shit. around wondering what the hell's going right on. yeah we've got pretty pretty sweet software that's readily available um and it's it's really cheap uh that that lets people know what the next lift is and what the next loading is and then it's on a big screen so all of the all of the platform staff can see it ahead of time just makes things more efficient but even with all that stuff you still need one person to do the final check and uh and even tell the tell the guys what to put on so the the staff is the most important part the staff running the platform is the most important part of running a meet well Everything else is just kind of icing, you know, having nice mm-hmm. displays. So, so the audience gets to see who's, yeah. you know, who's up, um, who's coming up, having uh, displays in the warm-up room so all the lifters know who's coming up, even though you've got, you know, rips calling the names out, but still you can see the entire flight at one time and see which order right. you're in. Yeah, it's it's better for the lifters. Right. If you've got these, if you've got a, a, an efficient display that's understandable. Right. It's better for the lifters. But many, many, many meets throughout the history of the sport of powerlifting have, and certainly Olympic lifting have been run just with an announcer where everybody pays attention to what the announcer says. The announcer is very important because the announcer controls the pace of the meet after the platform manager has handed him a loaded platform platform uh the the announcer of the meet is it's you don't want to be in a meet where the announcer is new you don't want to you don't want to be in one of those meets because there's going to be problems uh it's taken me a long time to learn how to do this i've been announcing meets for probably 35 years and i've announced a lot of meets whole lot of meats and i know what to do and it's uh it's much better to have an experienced announcer and when i announce a meet i don't try to be clever i don't try to entertain i just give the information that the lifters need in terms of who's on platform who's on deck you know the next and i call out five or six lifters down so that if they're not looking at the display they hear it from me and they're all ready when, when it's time to when their bar is loaded and it's time for them to get on the platform uh, i've i've warned them about that well in advance and nobody's ever late you know you got a one minute clock you have one minute from the time that the that you're the, that the bar is is loaded for you to take the bar out of the rack and start the lift and i don't think we've ever had anybody time out have we no. I don't remember that happening. 
No. Or somebody was just over fucking around putting their wraps on or whatever before the before they get to the bar in time. I don't think we've ever had that happen. No. Uh, we've got a we got a timer because that's part of the rules. Is to you know if you did have a somebody that was late, you got to actually show them that they were late. And now that they've timed out of their tent. But uh, if the if the announcer is helping you correctly. Uh, you you you're not going to be late to the platform so uh but a lot of people don't understand all of the shit that happens before 10 o'clock on meet day lots and lots of things have to take place right and it's it's a lot of work yep yeah signing getting people signed up getting staff organized you know, ordering lunch for staff, all these, all these little various things that need to get done. The, uh, you know, you can, you can, uh, any running meets, not difficult. The way you start is by running a small meet, 10, 15 people. And then, you know, you do it once, do it twice, then expand it, get 20 people, 30 people, you know, if you can get that many. So, you know, you run 10 lifters, you're done in a couple hours, no big deal, you know? Yeah. So it's pretty. You use Lifting Cast as the uh, as your meat management software. It's good to go. They do everything for you. Super cheap. Seventy five cents per lifter. I always send them at least double what they charge because it's so good. Yeah, it makes things a lot easier than yep. just having the announcer run the thing off of cards. Yep. I've done that for a long time. Uh, but this keeps. If you've got a, a display like that, it keeps. Uh, the handlers of the lifters from having to walk around behind the desk and look over the shoulder of the announcer absolutely yeah and you know i don't mind if anybody does that right you know if they want to see the cards i'll show them the card yep uh it's the way we had to do it for years and years uh and uh a good coach a platform coach somebody that knows how to handle his lifter at a meet on the platform will can will be behind the announcer several times during each one of the lifts taking care of his lifter and comparing the lifts that his lifter needs in order to place at the end of the meet in the in a in the in a position to to take first second or third all right that's a skill i don't possess i'm not worth a damn in handling a lifter at a meet in terms of placings within his weight class. I don't know how to do that. That's math skill that I don't possess. I'm very good at getting the performance out of the lifter at the meet in terms of handling the lifts and the warm-ups and all that other stuff. But in terms of positioning and placement, that's not what I do. But, you know, a good coach can do those both. And uh, – well, and you can make your lift your meat more beginner friendly because uh, using a using a service like LiftingCast actually does that for you. As you know, mm-hmm. you set up one of the screens to show the display of current placing, and it sh- and it ranks everybody by weight class and and their total, uh, and you can do those those uh, those calculations or that strategizing way easy. You know, and there's a you know it's got the Wilks and everything already lined up in there, <clears throat> so you can be watching who who you're competing against and, uh, mm-hmm. and make adjustments real quick. So that's that's the other thing is just making sure the meets uh, um, it, it's not just a a big 
tribal knowledge thing where everybody just knows what's going on, but it's very friendly because most of the people who show up at these things are going to be new. Right. At least in our experience, right? I mean, yeah, we've got we've got the uh, half of the people that had given me have never. This yeah, is the first meet. At least sometimes more. Yep. 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 Oh, and the awards. I mean, you know, that's got to be mentioned. What, the, having ordered the awards, all in advance t- t-shirts, awards, all t-shirts and things. awards. Yep. You've got to know. You can't order the awards until after the entry deadline. So you got to work with the trophy people or whatever you're going to give for awards and all that shit's got to be coordinated in the two or three weeks after the entry deadline. That's what an entry deadline is for. This is why we don't let you walk in and lift in the meet if you just want to show up on Saturday morning because it fucks everything else up. We've got trophies that we need to order and we need to know how many people are going to be in the weight class you know to to order the trophies like we're supposed to right. so all that shit has got to be taken into consideration it's quite a bit of work if you've never done one before and you want to run a meet the best thing you can do is get somebody that has run several meets to help you with it so you can learn what to do and what not to do yep don't let people enter the meet late yeah that's the most important thing i right. tell you to do well, I'm sorry, I didn't get my entry in in time. Well, I'm sorry, you're going to have to lift in another meet. Yep. Because the entry deadline's already passed, and don't weaken on that. Right. Right? Yep. you got everybody else that entered on time to be responsible to, not this jerk-off who couldn't manage to get his entry in to you. Right. Yep. Okay. All right, now, David Roggenbuck. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Sounds right. Is it Roggenbuck? We don't know. R O G E. Two G's. Oh, two G's. Almost has to be Roggen. Roggen. But, yeah, it's got to be Roggen. Right, but the English language is complicated, yeah. so who knows? Yeah. Right. Pork rinds, underrated snack that has a decent amount of protein, or disgusting slabs of swine epidermis that would be better off left in the gut pile. <laughs> well, not, I like with the right wrong. seasoning. It's Nothing delicious. wrong with I like rinds. pork rinds. Nothing wrong. I with eat them rinds. all the time. Yeah. Uh, my favorite brand is not Baconettes. Nah. Now, that's a Frito-Lay brand, and the, them damn things tend to explode in your mouth, and you tend to aspirate the tiny little flakes of... <laughs> you choke. And they'll up. make you cough and choke <laughs> and all this other shit. I like the Turkey Creek Snacks Turkey Creek. brand. Turkey Creek Snacks. All the little convenience stores around here carry Turkey Creek Snacks, and they've got about five different flavors. The chili lime, oh, those are good. But they're hot is good. The uh, barbecue is good. The plain is good. All those are good. So uh, I'm looking for the ones that uh, I've recently discovered that are damn good. They're not Turkey Creek snacks? No, they're not. They also make uh, pretzels and other shit. Uh, I'm going to find it here in just a second. Well, because... I, you know, I'll, a lot of times, I'll every time I get gas, in fact, if I have to get gas on the way into town, I'll stop, get gas, and I'll go in and get a Turkey Creek, Turkey Creek Snacks. If, I, if they've got them, I'll, I'll get a bag I'll look of for pig hides. Oh, here we go. Dots. Dots Homestyle. Dots. D-O-T those, apostrophe those is. Good. Dots. Yeah. Where do you find those? They have them, uh, I know they have them at the True Value in Iowa Park, but they have them in gas stations all the time, too. 
I hadn't seen those. I'll look for them. Yeah, that's good. True Value, Ace. True Value. Oh, the hardware hardware store. Yeah, yeah. Highway Park has got a. Well, they probably got groceries in there too. At the hardware store? Yeah. No, they don't. don't There's a grocery store down the street. Oh. That is extremely expensive. I used to work there. At the the grocery store in Highway Park. Yep, that's my high school. How many fights did you get into? Every day. Every day. Every day. Yeah, man. Oh, we didn't. I'm just. I I will. It's not a joke. It's no. It's not a joke. Then people over there, they're just fucked up. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. I think we've mentioned this on the show before, but I mean, they've got a reputation. They. uh, They don't want to learn how to fight for real, though. That's the other thing. They just like to fight. Yeah, I mean, it's, I it's own. What you I own a school. We're not trying to kill people. people, Nick. We're just trying to fight. I own a school. To fight we're just fight. trying to fight. <laughs> we like to fight because we like <laughs> to fight. This elitist we motherfucker like over here. I own a jujitsu we school. Like Come to learn how to fight. really kill someone. <laughs> so we just want to punch someone in the face. God damn! If you are, if you become responsible for a whole bunch of people getting beat up by your students, well, that's true. They're going to run your ass out of town because they don't want. They don't care who wins. They just want to fight. But, but they would rather not be embarrassed. But the people know. that go there live in Iowa Park, so they're they're residents. So we're just we're helping the community. Well, good, <laughs> good. Maybe you can help the community grow out of this bizarre. You know, there's you, nothing. I more don't disagree inter- about anything. There is nothing more. You know, inter- I really like my steak medium rare. <laughs> oh, do you really? I like mine well done. Well, let's fight. There's nothing more yeah. entertaining yeah, than two what, guys who don't just, know how to fight. Just beating the just shit beating out of each other. each other. Yeah, two people that know how to fight. It's like, what the fuck are they doing? Are they are they hugging each other? We're, we're joking about this, but the the uh, no shit. The other day we we have class, yeah. and we go to Sonic afterwards. Me me and Kathy the kids go to Sonic, right? And our other coach, Chris, is at Sonic. He didn't know we were going, so he's at Sonic. He doesn't see us, and he's pulling out. Kathy blows the horn and then like yells something out the window at him. Does he jump out ready to fight? No <laughs> shit. He's ready to fight. Yeah. He's ready to fight. And we're just, di- just we're just done. dying laughing our asses. That's up. just like, waste done over. Yeah. Yeah. It's a strange He's like who's hollering at me? He's like he's like I was ready to go. I've known so many guys from Iowa Park that uh, and every one of them will fight you. They, that's just what they do. That's the common instead of talking through a problem. <laughs> You know, deciding, you know, what's right, what's wrong. What they do is they hit each other. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just the way it is. I mean, like Burke. Yeah. Burke's crazier than fuck. Oh, but Burke's worse than Iowa Park. He, hell, he's, he's uber Iowa Park. Yeah, he really is. Uh, every time I talk to him, he wants to tell me a story of how he wanted to fight somebody. Yeah. And he did. <laughs> he did. Okay, so oh, anyway. Man. Now. Spiro of the North. Hi, Rip. Are there any special considerations that need to be made to the starting strength method to potential trainees exhibiting hypermobility in one or both knees? Best regards, Spiro. P.S. Was this concise enough of a question or is more trimming recommended? We've done this exact question before. Have we? Yes. The, it was almost the same verbiage. What did we say? Um, you, you're talking about the top of the uh, squat, particularly, and yeah. uh, the deadlift not locking out completely, not right. pulling the knee back. Right. Yeah. Well, and did we talk about knee wraps or 
or sleeves kind of giving you some proprioceptive feedback yes about, i think we did yeah, all right well then we don't have to answer that question <laughs> <Me too. laughs> right. now chris gomez hey chris. shows up rip he says says chris gomez i have a trip planned for vegas later in january for a four-day weekend thursday friday saturday Sunday, which means i'll miss my workout for friday that week i plan on getting completely wasted thursday friday and saturday <laughs> night before boarding a plane back home sunday morning by completely wasted i mean drunk by 10 a.m and staying drunk most of the day what's well, the high level of commitment <laughs> that chris has here yeah. is it he must be young even though I don't plan on missing meals, do you think the ungodly amount of alcohol I plan on consuming will hamper the following Monday's training? Well, it never hurt mine. Probably be just fine. I mean, I've mm-hmm. I've set a lot of PRs hung over. Yeah. You know, uh, I think I think it helps with glycogen restoration. It's yeah. a lot of calories, man. It is. It's all good. It is, in fact. Right. It says he's 32, 5'10", body weight 220. Squat, 340, three sets of five. Deadlift, 355, set of five. Bench, 215, set of five. So he's a novice. Yep. Chris Gomez is a novice, right? Also, do you have any stories about partying during your earlier training years? <laughs> None you want to well, say Well, not on that here. I'm going to share. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, no, I don't think you're, you know... You young kids like this have got to twist off occasionally to remind yourselves why you don't Don't do it all the time, all right? So go ahead and get it over with and just, you know. He's starting to get in the age, though, to where it's really going to start affecting him more and more every time. Oh, yeah. By the time you're in your your 40s, you just can't do that. Oh, uh, late 20s for me. Yeah, yeah. It was over. Uh, mid mid but yeah, I, remember no. early I remember early. Tw- yeah, I remember early twenties being out until four a.m. and then going to train mm-hmm. at nine the next morning. I'm, you know, once you get once you get near mid thirties, it just doesn't work anymore. And here's the deal: here's and like again, he's twisting off because he's in Vegas. Whatever, that's cool. But aside from partying in Vegas, what are your goals and how are you going to get there? Twisting off every night is not going to get you to every goals. night is a bad idea. Yeah. You know, especially if you're trying to get strong. Yeah. It sure. just it just interferes with recovery to the point where you just fucking can't do that. Yeah, it's a good thing that I'm no longer trying to get stronger. <laughs> now, but even then, it's probably uh, the it's probably the fucked up sleep and the dehydration that's the more of the problem oh, yeah. than anything yeah. else. Because uh, oh yeah, you know that that's it's not the alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Alcohol just metabolized as a right. nutrient, but yeah. uh, also a fucked up stomach sometimes. Yeah, know. I mean if you you know puked for an hour and a half well, at a sure, time without sure. you know. <laughs> abs are going to be sore and shit so. <laughs> you know i've got i remember i was working up in colorado and me and the guys that i was working with were going to go into town on saturday night no this is yeah it was saturday night we got through and we we're going to go into town and this is back in colorado back in the in the uh, early 80s and at the time there was a phenomenon in colorado called a three-two bar you remember this no all i served was 3.2 percent beer so the whole bar <laughs> consisted of a bar and taps 
That's all it was. And they had maybe two kinds of beer, and that's all they had in the bar. Mm. You know, you get a pitcher of beer for two and a quarter. So what everybody did was they'd go in and they'd order a pitcher of beer and drink the whole fucking pitcher of sure. beer. right. Because, see, the state of Colorado didn't understand that volume <laughs> is volume no impediment <laughs> to drunkenness. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't understand that they thought well we just have three two bars and we'll let the 18 year olds into the three two bar oh got it yeah and only 21 and above can go in to an actual bar and have an actual drink you know but but if we do this then we'll be keeping those 18 year olds from getting drunk right yeah right that's why that's why people think you're stupid <laughs> When you're in the government, <laughs> the default assumption is you work for the government, you're a stupid motherfucker because usually you are. All right. So we, <laughs> we had a bottle of Jim Beam. All right. Now, this is before I sure, it's 80s. became conscious of <laughs> these sorts of things. I, we had a bottle of Jim Beam and, uh, and what we were, what we, when we had a case of Olympia beer. So what we did was we made boiler makers all the way into town all right we got to town went went to the bar everybody drank a couple three pitchers of beer in the bar and then we <laughs> drove back home <laughs> and we're 30 miles out in the country and the last four miles of that trip is on the worst <laughs> road you have ever seen in your life that was prone to being washed out, and it was fucked up. I mean, you couldn't go but five miles an hour down this road. <clears throat> and we made boiler makers all the way back home. Wow. Now, I don't remember parking the truck. But I know I parked the truck because the truck was parked. I don't remember doing it. And I, a bunch of other shit that I did that night, I was later told that I had done <laughs> And I don't remember any of that. I still, to this day, do not remember doing all the shit I was told I did that night. And it took me three days. Oh, damn. Took me three days before I felt like anything better than a pile of dead roaches. Damn. Oh, shit. It was. But, you know, that tided me over for several years. That's right. Yeah. You know, yep. Didn't do anything like that for several years, and uh, oh god, you know, last time I did anything like that was out in out in North Carolina. I was doing a doing a job out in North Carolina, and me and some of these guys I was working with went to a bar. I had eight pints of beer that night. <laughs> Of strong beer. We're trying to keep up with them, or what? Yeah, you know, <laughs> let these little turds out drink me, and we, you know, we. Oh shit! It was bad. It was real, real fucking bad. And that was in '08, and that's the last time I've done that. It's probably and a good. I, thing. I don't anticipate doing yeah. it again. It's not any fun. It, no, it's not any fun, yeah. man. Oh, I, I, God Almighty, I was drunk, and it was. Uh, this wasn't Coors Light we were drinking, right, you know. Right. This was actual beer, and uh, 
I was wrecked, man. That was bad. Next day, it was real, it was real <laughs> bad. wasn't as bad as the Jim Beam Boilermaker deal, but it Good was God. it was on the way. All right, now John Mokey asks, "Hey Rip, do y'all do any gardening out at your place?" No, because the dirt out at my place is shitty. It's just red dirt, North Texas, Permian bedrock, red dirt. It appears to be devoid of most nutrients and only certain types of grass and mesquite trees and prickly pear cactus will grow in it. And, you know, the, the where my house is built, the soil is very thin on top of the hill that I'm on. So, no, we don't. We don't, haven't done any gardening. I think maybe this year the the uh, compost project will be further along. Might grow something this year. I don't know. Not in my department. Yeah. You know, talk to Steph about that. All right. Now, James Collinge. Was Another that one. Another one. He's getting his money's worth this time, isn't he? Well, we don't have anything else to talk about. We'll just <laughs> talk, take his second question. Rip, what is your experience or opinion in regards to antibiotic resistance? Here in the UK, they're always trying to delay giving them as a treatment, in all likelihood to save money for more research into whether people feel like they have a penis or a vagina. <laughs> Thanks, James. All right, now... If you have an infection, is it better to have the infection for a shorter period of time or a longer period of time? Well, that's a fairly simple question, isn't it? Yep. Right? Now, penicillin was developed 19, when? 40. 41 look that up real yeah, quick because we'll one of the it's one of the more important developments of the 20th century the development of uh penicillin and the development of ivermectin were extremely important oh the horse the horse dewormer yeah that yeah that stuff it. the horse dewormer 1928 penicillin was developed in 1928 so we had it in world war ii we didn't have it in world war one we had it in world war ii now, I don't know about you guys, but any time I've taken penicillin, it's worked. All right, and I've, you know, you could. I think there's probably some strains of a, especially methicillin-resistant bacterial infections, but I think penicillin still works pretty well for most of the applications that it's that it's used for. All right, the the. Doctors in the UK should quit worrying about antibiotic resistance and start worrying about treating their patients more effectively. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's silly to to uh, delay the treatment of a bacterial infection. I mean, you can delay it to the point where it fucks everything up. Right. I wonder. And if then it's a, give the antibiotics. I wonder if it's a. Uh, well, you know. 
growing probably up, probably money. Well, it's gro- the NIH. Growing up I mean, in the, growing up in the eighties, I was given wow. I I consumed so much of amoxicillin. Mm-hmm. You know, every time so I, I was at the doctor all the time because my mom was worried all the time about everything. So you know, you get a you get a a scratchy throat or something. We're at the doctor. She prescribes amoxicillin. Like we were. Ate that shit all the time, mm-hmm. you know. I don't I, just reflexively. Right, that's how it was on the military. And it base. still works now, doesn't it? Well, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I haven't taken amoxicillin in a long time, so well, I don't, I'll I don't give know. you some next time. You're I don't sick. know. I've got some. Um, so I don't know if it's a it's because there there was that time period where that shit was happening, um, where it was prescribed unnecessarily. But I, but oh, I don't I, know if there's you a, know, and it's still prescribed unnecessarily all the time. I don't. I'm but not I don't know that you build up that. a resistance to it. I'm not arguing that. What I am saying is that I don't think that even if it's given unnecessarily, that antibiotic resistance is a particularly a thing, right. severe problem. Right. Right. Yeah. Now it 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 can be in some cases. Yep. Okay, but most of the time. It works just fine. But if you, my point here is that if you delay treating a bacterial infection because your primary concern is possibly developing an antibiotic resistant infection for the rest of the population to worry about, yeah. that you're not thinking about your patient. Yeah, you might get real fucked up. And you might fuck him up real yeah. bad. If you've got a method to fix a bacterial infection how about you do this how about you prescribe a limited course of of that antibiotic to knock the disease back to the point where the patient's immune system can handle it instead of providing 10 days how about you give it for five days and try that now i've done that myself several times and it works just fine but if if you are a doctor in the British Public Health Service, uh, you're not really a doctor. Is that harsh? I don't think they'd agree. I think you're a public. You're a government you. employee. Is what you are. Sure. You're just a government employee, and you've been told what to do, and that's what you're going to do. But if you're serious about treating your patients, and patient presents with a treatable bacterial infection, then you treat it. Now, you don't need to necessarily stomp it to death. In some cases, that's necessary. But, you know, if you've got a frail patient who doesn't have much of an immune system, when a healthy 25-year-old kid shows up with bronchitis or something like that, chest infection, give him some Zithromax. Do it now. Don't let him hang around a week and let his lungs get all scarred up, you know, because he'll be sick. You know, every time I get real sick like that, I end up coughing for six months. Lungs, you know, this is what's such bullshit about long COVID. When is the last time anybody had an upper respiratory infection that didn't cause them to cough for three or four months following the the death of all the bacteria that were involved in causing the original infection. Right? So the sooner you get to a thing like that, the better the outcome's going to be. But if, you know, the British Public Health Service is worried about their money, then I guess they, you know, you should have moved. (laughs) Right? We have room for you in Texas, James. One question left. Uh, let's hear John Sullins. 
Rip, I'm a 42-year-old underweight male, 5'7", 148. Oof. Man. Oof. But I'm working to change that with your novice linear progression. I'm running into a problem with my right foot cramping up on me during the squat. If it happens during the last rep, I can push through and finish the set. But if it happens earlier in the set, I have to rack the load because cramp forces my toes into involuntarily curl up. And I feel unbalanced. This only happens in my right foot, so I don't know if this is a muscle imbalance or form problem. If you have any information or advice to prevent this, I'd love to hear it. If not, feel free to make fun of me on the internet, on the YouTube. All right. <laughs> you done, son of a bitch. He's 5'7", 140. 5'7", 148. That's why you were making fun of you. This, yeah. All right. Here's the, qu- the question itself. is not unreasonable. Cramps typically reflect either a hydration problem or an electrolyte balance problem, all right? Now, either way, they're electrolyte, all right? If you are dehydrated, then nerve function is impaired. If you are not in a good position with your minerals, then you can cramp. Now, I don't cramp because I take enough potassium. And potassium is typically the nutrient that causes you to not uh, be able to control cramping in your feet and legs. So I take a bunch of potassium, and I just don't have any problems with it. Now, if you've got chronic cramping, what I would recommend is the following, is that you make sure that your hydration status is taken care of. In other words, you drink water. Drink water. I used to hydrate, but it got so damn expensive that I just started drinking water. And in addition to that, I think you need to get some multiple mineral. Now, a properly designed multiple mineral has twice as much calcium as it has magnesium. And what you will typically see on that index is a, is one gram of calcium, 1,000 milligram calcium, 500 milligram magnesium. And then all of the other trace minerals are included in various proportions. But those are the two. And then along with sodium from salt, which is an important and often undersupplied mineral because of the hysteria that was promulgated starting what 40 years ago about salt makes your blood pressure go up which has always been bullshit it's always been complete bullshit yeah a lot of people are just under salting their food salt is good for you people you need equate the sodium sodium and heart disease yeah I, 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 you know this is the you know a childhood misunderstanding yep. Yep. of the situation and it's, you know, promulgated by the media. The media is just evil. God damn it. They don't do anything well. Uh, so they're responsible for that. So the, the, the four minerals we're talking about are sodium, potassium, calcium, magnesium. Those are the four minerals that are involved in the transfer of action potentials down the axon of the nerves. All right. Now. If you eat a bunch of that stuff, 
your body will sort it out and everything will be just fine. So you get enough minerals, you get enough water, you're not going to cramp. Now, you mentioned a cramp in only your right foot. I don't know. I don't know what the hell would produce a cramp in the right foot and not the left foot. It just may be that, well, I don't know. I wouldn't care to speculate on that. It just it, It's some kind of sensitivity in that limb. The problem, of course, is that you're 5'7 and 148, right? In the process of getting from 5'7 and 148 to 5'7 and 208, all of this nutritional shit that's causing the cramps is going to resolve itself. And you won't have any more problems with it. Yep. Food contains minerals. Eat more food. All right? Uh, But you're 42... Five seven one forty eight. You don't like to eat, so I don't anticipate a huge giant change here. You know, you you you've proven by the virtue of the fact that you're you've made it to forty two, only weighing one hundred forty eight pounds, that eating is not high on your list of things to do. So, have we made sufficient fun of him. <laughs> That's perfect ending. Yeah, he, Great he, question. At any rate, that's all the questions we have for today. What's the monkey doing? Has he got a T-shirt on or what? The tank top. Tank top. Okay. Tank are they top. available on our store? They are. Are they? <laughs> and where's that store? Where is it? Startingstrength.com. Startingstrength.com slash store? Uh, maybe. Something like that. Yeah. Some version of that. <clears throat> yeah. Go to startstrength.com. There's a tab for the store at the top. And at the bottom, probably. Yeah. I mean, look. It's all over the place. You fucking assholes are not <laughs> buying enough stuff from us. We're doing this program for you. You know? You give and we you give and you give. We give, we give, we give. Uh. You're, you get this thing for a year for 75 bucks. What's that a day? It's a cup of coffee a day. No, it's not. No, it's that. not. <laughs> It's not a tenth of a cup of coffee a day. What is 365 divided? It's 20, 20. No, 20. 75. Yeah, it's 20. 75.00 divided by 365. It's 20 cents a day. 20 cents a day. Right. It's less than a cup of coffee a day. <laughs> Where do you get your coffee? I said what it's is, less. What, what is the cheapest cup of coffee at Starbucks right now? Oh, two dollars. Yeah, it's like two dollars. Yeah. And it's $2. less than two dollars. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Are you sure? I hadn't been in a Starbucks no, in a long, that, long time. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> the, the prior advice stands. Rusty should shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's twenty cents a day. Twenty cents a day. Buy a tank top. It, it, you know, twenty cents a day. Buy a subscription. Yeah. If you to buy a channel. tank top, your yearly spend on starting strength will be twenty one cents a day, if that. Yeah. If that. If that. Right? Yeah. Are you not worth I bet you could run this as a clip. Are you not worth not on the network? Day? Yeah. Well yeah. You know? Right. Don't you what are you not worth twenty one cents a day? Are you that big a piece of shit? <laughs> you know? Come on, man. <laughs> To quote President Biden, come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Cough up. $75 for the for the network subscription. And all of the fun shit 
that we do here on this podcast, all of it, you'll get to see for your 20 cents a day. <laughs> right? You think we ought to start selling coffee? No. No? No. You know, we could do that. We can do that. We roast coffee. I can have. Oh, you want to roast it and sell it? Oh, oh shit! People buy. I wouldn't that. do it any other way. Yeah, people buy that. You know, we roast coffee. Yeah. Ship it to them. Yep. Takes it two days to get there. Coffee's fresh for about a week, right. so they get five days worth of the best coffee they ever had. Yeah. For you know what? Eighty bucks. No, that wouldn't That'll work. No, nah, it would be. Nobody. It would wouldn't be that. that much. Wouldn't be that much. It'd be fifteen, twenty bucks something. Like yeah. That. Yeah. For a pound of. Perfectly fresh. Fifteen bucks. Starting strength, roasted coffee. Fifteen bucks for a pound of freshly roasted coffee is perfectly reasonable. Yes, it's it not, is. It's it's cheap even. It is. It's stupid. That's <clears throat> what it is. We couldn't do it for that because that'd be stupid. I think uh, I think the shop here in town that roasts sells. It's maybe eighteen dollars for a pound. What's that duck downtown? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good coffee. And the other the other coffee shop that I don't I'm, I don't they don't roast their own, but they're selling that shit for it's like twelve ounces for sixteen dollars. You know about Frankie Joe's? No, collective. Where's that? Another it's over by the college. Taft and Midwestern. Know. No, I think about it. Lots of they thems there. Yeah, they actually they actually know about coffee there though. Do they? Yeah. Do they? All right. Well, yeah. Maybe I'll go over there. Nah, I don't do it. It'll make you mad. Probably won't. Yeah. Make you mad. Why would it make me mad? (coughs) Lots of they, them's there. They, them. Oh, oh, oh. Gender situation. All right. (laughs) And and I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know. Do I say thank you, sir? Thank you, ma'am? Because that's what I do. I'm programmed to say. (laughs) Thank you, buddy. Thanks, (laughs) dude. I I can't say dude. Thank you, buddy. Oh, you can. You can. Thank you, my friend. Pal. Buddy. (laughs) Champ. Champ. (laughs) Champ. Thank you, champ. Thanks, champ. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God almighty. Anyway, look, sign up for the fucking network, all right? It's not that much money. You know, you don't like it, I'll personally give you your money back. How about that? (laughs) He's going to show up to your house and personally give you your money back. I'll probably mail it. 21 cents of it? Yeah. Whatever's left. <laughs> Prorated. <laughs> 21 cents per day. Right. It's just a sack of dimes. <laughs> so anyway, now that all that shit's over with, I guess it's time for us to say goodbye. And we'll see you next time right here on Starting Strength Radio. <laughs>